Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Fantastic. So this morning in Heart for the House, I want to speak about, I'm going to speak about money. Now a lot of people, uh, money is one of those very, uh, it kind of, it's one of those touchy subjects. You know the Bible, um, probably one sixth of the Bible is referring to money, wealth, prosperity, um, the flow of finance. It's talking about how God wants uh, to speak into our lives and yet we probably don't give it one sixth We don't give it that volume of attention. Um, Actually, I think that the wealthier a nation gets, the more tetchy people get about talking about it. The more people kind of, if you go into poor countries, wealth, the understanding of wealth is is far more real. It's open, but it's like, you know, your salary package. Nobody wants to reveal how much they earn. It's kind of, everything's a secret and you're not allowed to know. uh, And and everyone gets a little bit kind of tetchy and a kind of little bit... Um, a little bit kind of, oh, I'm not sure, what, why are they talking about money? Um, we get that cynical point of view where we're just waiting for the pastor to give a great message about prospering, and then he'll say, please put some money into the offering basket. And, uh, and so we get cynical, and we get, and we get sort of a misunderstanding of what finance is about, and, and people get very um, insular into their thinking and afraid of, of finance. But I, I need you to understand that if you read through the Bible, God wants us to prosper. He wants us to understand what prosperity is. And and what I want to do this morning is I want to break down some mindsets. And I I want to take away from you some fear uh, around these things. Certainly, the church has been harmed by a hyper-prosperity. I've sat through preaches where where I've heard people say that God uh, has ordained everyone to be rich. There is a difference between prosperity and rich, and I'll go into that later on. Uh, And how God wants you to have lots of stuff. And um, which um, stuff, you know, is things. It's like cars, houses, watches, clothes. He wants you to have all that stuff. Um, and that, that's an irrelevant point of view. We, we actually do have a lot of stuff already. And we probably don't need any more of it. <laughs> Uh, um, but God wants you to prosper, and, and so I want to go through these things. It, it, you know, there are, there are three things which corrupt uh, men. They say power, sex, and money. Um, interestingly enough, the church talks about having power and authority, and nobody has a problem with that message. Um, the church sometimes talks about sex in, a, uh, in the environment of, of a, a healthy marriage and a great relationships. And nobody has a problem with that message either. But, but you mention money and suddenly you're, you're talking about the devil's work. And, uh, and it's like, you know, if you can't talk about, about money um, be, because it corrupts, money is evil, it corrupts. Well, sex corrupts a lot more than money does. <laughs> Uh, sex is the biggest problem that's going on with this world. The world has gone sex mad. Their brains are fizzing with it. And it's, 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 causing, it's causing the world, it's causing countries to collapse, actually. Uh, it's causing societies to be destroyed. Um, the, the sex trade is, is uh, many times bigger than the drug trade. Um, it, 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 but we understand that God created sex in the right context that it might be a beautiful and wonderful thing that holds families together, that holds couples together, that forms the foundation of covenant 
uh, relationships in a pure and dignified way. We understand that. Well, the deal is the same with money and finances. Money can do many wicked things, but held in the hands of a righteous man, it can do much good and cause God's blessing to flow upon the earth. And so we have to understand that we have to take it back. We have to take the money back and determine that it's going to flow in the ways which God has ordained. Amen? Turn with me, will you, to 1 Chronicles. Chronicles. (laughs) 1 Chronicles 29.10 says this, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. I think we're left in no doubt as to who God is and what he has. Verse 12, but both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore we thank our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. You know, this morning's message is about money, but it's not about giving. It's about understanding where money comes from, how the flow of finances is important to our life, and how to break it open. A lot of us come from, um, we have different mindsets about wealth. We have mindsets about, um, uh, about poverty. We have... Um, I I grew up, as many of you know, in an extremely poor environment. I grew up in a very poor home. Um, But I grew up in a poor home with a heritage of great wealth. My great, 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 I can't remember how many greats back, but they were Viscounts and etc., etc. And there was was wealth in the family, but they gambled it all away. Uh, And and so there's a sense, I always remember my mother, she would would, uh, be very, very strict about our our manners at the table, get your elbows off the table, and, uh, and, and etc. Make sure you chew with your mouth closed. And, and they're all kind of, a, and she would remind us that we, we might be poor, but we're still posh. And uh, <laughs> I just want you to know that I let her down badly. And uh, <laughs> I never quite got the posh bit. Okay? And she was very adamant about who we were as a family. And, and, uh, and so we, we had this, we had this sort of upbringing that, that we, we might live in poverty, but we are not poor. We never saw ourselves as poor people, even though our actual poverty was greater than those who were poor. Uh, and um, we, we just lived in that world and in that context, and there were many things we couldn't afford 
uh, to buy or have. In fact, there was pretty much there wasn't anything we could afford to buy uh, in terms of luxuries. Everything came as a gift, as second hand. All of our clothes were second hand, and they were worn out until they they were worn until they literally fell off us. Shoes, including my feet, used to grow through the end of my shoes before another pair was sourced for me. And so that was, in fact, generally my clothes were my my brothers. They were just the hand me downs as you go through. I'm the youngest of six, so. Um, it was quite handy for my parents just to keep passing it down. If you've only got one kid or something, you, your kid grows up and you've got this clothing and they don't fit it anymore after three months and you go, that was a waste of money. And then you, <laughs> and you keep going through, but at least with our family, we could just pass it through. The trouble was they'd already been given it from somebody else, so it really was worn by the time I got them. And, uh, you know, that was the, 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 the poverty we grew up in, but, but there was a mindset within our, our family that, that there was a prosperity that was naturally, should naturally flow into our lives. We didn't know how to make it flow. My father wasn't a great businessman. In fact, he was a terrible businessman. He, he wasn't terrible in the terms that he would make foolish things. He just didn't know how to price a product and sell it properly. He, he, would, always, um, he would always say, oh no, it won't take too long to make that. He would always charge them the least amount because he didn't feel like he could charge a lot. And uh, his skill as a craftsman was phenomenal, but he charged peanuts and he earned peanuts. And, uh, and so we, we kind of lived in that, in that context. Uh, he was also unable to work very quickly because he was uh, uh, um, virtually crippled with arthritis. and His spine was fused, his neck was fused, he had limited movement in his arms and his legs, in his jaw. Uh, and so he, he's, he's shrunk in four uh, from um, he shrunk from five foot seven uh, down to around five foot one two, uh, and actually as he got older, he just got smaller. <laughs> and uh, so it was, um, you know, he he struggled with with his health, and he wasn't able to work quickly. But he was a very strong, determined man. Uh, just that classic um, sort of pose, uh, sort of. 19, so he was born in the 1930s, and there was, there was a mindset of that generation, I think, that was about just, just put your head down and keep working and don't complain. And, uh, and so that was the kind of mindset, and they just carried on going. And, and, and so that was the world that I grew up in. But we have to understand that out of that context, we understand from what the Word of God says that all riches come from God. So you have to understand that regardless of who pays you a salary, regardless of what you have, it came from God. Why did it come from? Because God owns it. He owns this world. He owns this building. He owns everything. In fact, this building was purchased when we walked past. We saw it was empty. We, we wanted to buy it. The people... Um, selling it, didn't particularly want to sell it to us. That kind of led us on a bit of a, um, a false trail. Um, it went, you know, we thought we were buying it, then we weren't buying it, it fell through, et cetera, et cetera. And, and eventually, but eventually we bought it. Why? Because we just laid hands on it and went, thank God, if, you, if this is our building, then we declare that it belongs to us and that you will give it to us. Well, eventually we had a trustees meeting and uh, we were having this trustees meeting and we were just going through, we need a building, we need a building, we need a building. And then we came back to the fact of, well, you know that building in Bonacourt Terrace? Um, that's still the building, isn't it? We agree. That's still the building. The very next morning, I had a phone call and they said, do you know that building? Do you still want it? 
It just came out. There were five other, by that time, there were five other uh, businesses bidding on it. Hotels, pubs and clubs uh, were bidding vast amounts more than what we were bidding, but they sold it to us. Well, because it belongs to God. It wasn't any clever. I'm not a great negotiator. I didn't work a deal. I didn't phone up. I wasn't the clever, sharp dude. I just went, yes, I'll have it. Thank you very much. But I didn't even phone anyone up. I mean, I've made the initial contact, but that was two years previous. I get a phone call. Do you want it? Yes, please. Thank you very much. Why? Because it belonged to God. He wanted to give it to me. There is, see, the wealth that you have, the, the closer. Many people, we feel that we don't have wealth, but, but I need you to understand you have wealth. And if you don't realize you have wealth, then you need to go to a poor country that's genuinely poor to discover how wealthy you really are and start thanking God for the blessings that are already in your life. See, that's the deal that is going on in our life. Now, I don't believe there's any poor people in this country. That upset a few people, I know. We have a bizarre system in this world where we, we allocate, we call poverty the difference between the rich and the, the, the people who have and the people who don't, and the bigger the gap. If you, but that's ridiculous. That's, if, if you're mega rich and I'm not mega rich, therefore I'm poor, how does that work? If I have and I have enough, I am rich. <laughs> you can't call me poor just because I don't have as much as you do. They, we're rich. And this country, you people, they call people poor in this country because they don't have as much as the rich people. Well, we don't need as much. They don't need it either. We, <laughs> you don't need that to be rich. We're rich because we have enough. And you may not feel like you have enough. You may feel like you, you, you're struggling to pay the bills. But, but it's a wonderful thing to be able to struggle to pay the bills when there are people who don't have even the option to have a bill to be paid. They have no electricity. They have no house. They have nothing covering their head. They can't even afford clothes. They can't afford to put shoes on their feet. That is poverty, my friend. We have to understand when we live in wealth, when we live in prosperity, we need to change our mindset and say, I am rich. I am prosperous in all things. Are you with me? If you get a prosperous mindset, then you learn how to be a prosperous person in a world that is mean and claiming for itself. The reason why people are poverty-minded is because they're thinking of themselves. They look at that five-pound note they have in their wallet, and they look at it, and they hold it up, and they go, I've only got five pounds. The five pounds will tell you how much you can buy. You can buy five pounds worth of things. That's it. A Big Mac meal will do you, (laughs) or thereabouts. You can buy five pounds. You can go to the pound store and come out with five things. You can, that is a, if, you, if you look at your poverty, you will look at the amount that you have and you will decide within yourself, I have not many things. This is all I can have. But you've got to understand that the kingdom of God does not exist by what the wealth that sits in your hand is. We live in a country where there is a financial flow and we live in a kingdom that God is wealthier than the, than the things of the world because he owns the world. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That means that we have an account in heaven which has no limitation. 
An understanding that we have an account in, in heaven which has no limitation. We have to understand that God has called us all to prosper. Now, I've been using the word rich and saying we are rich, but there is a difference between being between prosperous and rich, okay? Now, if we talk about rich people, i.e. millionaire, billionaire kind of status, rich, that's a, that's a richness that we probably aren't in this room, but there is a prosperity which everybody, and I believe, according to the scripture, God makes strength, the Bible says, that David said, you give richness and strength to all. It comes to all. How many people does it come to? All. What does God want you to be? He wants you to know His prosperity and His strength. He wants you to have the power. He wants you to have the freedom and the ability to be able to do what He's called you to do. Without finances, how many of you know your life is incredibly restricted? Your choices are limited by an extraordinary amount. The less you have the less choice you have. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that is not constrained by this world. That means we have choice. That means we have the power to be able to do things that the world may say you cannot do. And so we have to understand that that there is a flow of God's finances that comes in our life. But there is a difference between everyone is called to prosper. Let me just start another sentence. God, (laughs) everyone has been called to prosper. Not everyone is called to be rich. I've heard people say, God wants you all to be millionaires. That is ridiculous. If God wants everyone to be millionaires, then the church is the most backslidden state there's ever been. (laughs) And that includes me. I am a backslider. If if I'm meant to be a millionaire, I am the most sinful man in the church. God doesn't see, see rich, being rich in terms of the way we understand rich is a, is a gift and a calling which rests on a few people. But prosperity is the right of all. The difference is how it moves through your life. Prosperity is about flow. Richness is about reserve. It's about a reservoir. We think of it in a stream. Um, Isaiah chapter 44 reads this. Isaiah 44 and verse 1. I've only just started this message, by the way, so you might as well turn the clock off. Right, here we go. (laughs) Yet hear now, O Jacob, my servant in Israel... Whom I have chosen, thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you out of the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, uh, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand the Lord's and name himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. So in the declaration of God and his favor upon Israel is this 
central truth. God will pour out blessings. And every time God pours out a blessing or speaks about the children of Israel, consistently through the Bible, God says He will open up the windows of heaven. What does that mean? It means it's going to rain a lot. People say, the windows of heaven, blessings will overflow. What is it? It literally means it's going to rain a lot. The Bible constantly speaks about a flow of water as a metaphor to describe the flow of blessing that works through your life. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have reservoirs of cash building up in bank account. You don't have to. And I tell you why you don't have to have those things. Because if you do, that is a burden you probably can't handle. Because wealthy people have a problem. What to do with it. The responsibility of handling it. Who to pour it onto and into. That's why there aren't many of them. But I need you to understand there is enough wealth in this world naturally, apart from the supernatural flow that comes from God, to understand God opens up the streams of heaven that will flow through your life. You don't need a big bank account. You need a good stream running through your life. It's about the flow not about the reservoir. Some people here might be sitting, but I want to be a millionaire. I want to be that rich, wealthy person. Well, God bless you. May you rise up in strength. And I declare God's blessing and ordain it upon your life that you may know and understand what it is to carry that weight and burden. Some people are thinking, well, I'd like to carry it anyway, just in case. (laughs) Just give me a go. I think that all the time. (laughs) As of yet, God hasn't ordained it for me. (laughs) Just give me a go, Jesus. I'm pretty sure I'll be good to handle it. A couple of hundred million will do. Nothing less. There's not much you can do with much less than that. (laughs) But that isn't that it's about the flow that is running through your life. You see, in the desert, the critical thing is water. In the children of Israel, the critical thing for a farming community is water. We talk about the harvest, but a harvest, there's no harvest, there's no water. If it doesn't rain, the crops don't grow. If it doesn't rain, there's no grass for the sheep to eat. If it doesn't rain, there has to be water flow. And water comes through different sources. It comes through springs in the ground. It comes from wells. It comes from brooks and streams, uh, creeks. That, that bubble along the ground, it comes from mighty rivers and it comes from the heavens where the rain will just pour out and cover all of the land. In other words, in every aspect of life, water flows to every corner of the earth and it flows through different means. I need you to understand, I'm talking about money and the heart for the house because if you get an understanding of the prosperity and the flow of God, the house of God will begin to prosper in the overflow of that. Now, we need you to understand that, that as much as water flows in different ways, so does wealth and prosperity. There are different way, flows of finances in your life. God gives to you the labor, the choices for which you work. It says that Jesus says he called people into the, church, in, into the vineyard to work and they received their reward. They were paid a salary. Some, in fact, there's a story of, um, in the New Testament, Jesus telling the story about um, the, the describing the, the end days, how everyone will receive the same salary depending, regardless of how much work 
they did. In other words, that is a reward of your labor. It is labor money. It's money you receive from your labor. Most of you live off the wealth of your work, the work that you do. That's just what it is. God's blessed you with it, but it's not miracle money. There is miracle money. Miracle money is what bought this church. This church, um, we were in a meeting. I was standing here. We were running a meeting. Pastor Ashley had come in. It was a Friday night. It was a special nighttime meeting. Pastor Ashley had flown up to spend time with us. And we are having this meeting. And I got this message, a whisper in my ear um, uh, from one of our leaders. He whispered across and said to me, I just need you to know that um, the church has just been given £125,000. <laughs> I'm worshipping me like that. <laughs> your, jaw, your jaw drops, £125,000. I, I have a friend in Newcastle. Uh, he passes. He used to be the assistant pastor with Gary Clark at Hillsong. Uh, he now passes a great church in Newcastle just a, um, two or three years ago. He was just given a million pounds. And, uh, and uh, so that's called miracle money. Because people come up and they are people go, Kevin, how will you believe in God for the money? Um, and, and I go, listen, I need to be honest with you. I wasn't. Because it was outside of my realm of understanding. Now, there were things going on in my life that caused a miracle to happen. But it was miracle money. So it was a miracle flow of finances in my life. Then there's faith money. Faith money is the money that you receive by faith through the seeds that you sow into the kingdom of God. When you sow into the spiritual things, you receive a spiritual harvest. It's it's faith money that comes. It's not the money that comes through labor. It's not the money that comes by miracle. It's faith money. It comes by your faith, your determination to make those things. You're believing God that there's an increase. There's overflow. This city has lived on overflow. The wealth of the oil industry had overflow. It it doesn't have that anymore. And because it doesn't have overflow, so the overflow. The overflow is what paid a lot of people's salaries. While salaries are now being cut back at an amazing rate. Why? Because the overflow went. There wasn't the increase. And so now there isn't the increase. People are now living according to different means. So there's an overflow. There's sustenance money. Money that comes from children of Israel, they get led into the desert. And they're led into a desert and there's nothing there. In fact, I'll read it to you in Deuteronomy chapter 8. No, Deuteronomy, yeah, 8.15, it says this. It says, He who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, some of you are going through that right now with your finances, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land, where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? You see, God will supply your need even through wilderness times. When I had my business, we carried on tithing, believing God. Well, we tithed when we got paid, but we didn't always get paid. You tithe out of your increase. We didn't have any. But when we did get, get some increase, we tithed and we gave. But then our business, business went down and it went down and it was, it was a really difficult season. And we had no food in the cupboard and no food in the fridge. And suddenly we start to see that God starts providing for us. We just get enough to get by. He provides. He didn't make us rich. We didn't clear our debts. We didn't break. The, the desert didn't start springing forth with, with a mighty harvest. But we survived. 
you will go through times of survival. Children of Israel did it for 40 years. You go through, but it doesn't mean to say that's how God has called you to live. Children of Israel lived for 40 years, but they were never called to live there. I need you to understand God never called you to live in a wilderness and a desert all your life. There is a promised land which he needs you to possess, but the promised land won't come to you. You have to go to it. You have to go to that place and you have to possess it and you have to take it. It was one of the greatest battles of the children of Israel. You see, God wants you to know that there is a flow of finances around your life. But you have to understand how to get it. In um, 1989, our house where we live, we didn't live there then, obviously, um, it has a well. And we, our water that we have in our house comes from a well in the garden. We don't have main water. Um, and in 1989, there had been two dry summers um, and by the time you got to 89, the wells in all the area had dried up. And so everyone's scratching around, where can we get water from? You can imagine, you know, there's always in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, we have a well, it's wonderful, we've got water, we don't have to pay water rates and all that. But then I'm thinking to myself, please, no dry summers, Jesus. You know, they're probably the reason for this last summer is my fault. And uh, so... <laughs> And because uh, we would run out of water and then it would get awkward. Um, but what happened is that the water ran out and so everyone's scratching around looking for water. And what they found that where they, the, the well, there was a spring of water coming to the well. So they had to dig deeper. And when they dug deeper, they found three more springs much deeper down. And that's now the water that supplies our well. And it's never dried up since. You see, you may have a well that may be drying up. You may have a water flow that's drying up in your world. But you need to understand there are different financial flows working through your life. And you need to have all of them working in you at some point. If you're just living on sustenance, you've got to understand that there are wells for you to dig. If, you are, if you're living on sustenance and you're just surviving in wilderness, you've got to understand that you've got to get faith money working through your life. You've got to, you've got to understand that there is miracle money for you when you step out in obedience. This church, in its first year, we had 20 people. For a year, 20, 30 people. And we bought, in that year, 6,000 pounds of Jewish passports to help the Jews get out of Russia at the time when it was a terrible time for them, they had no chance of getting out of um, Russia. They needed 60 pounds to get a passport. And we spent 6,000 pounds getting passports so, th- so that the Jews could get out of Russia and get into Israel. That was their only hope. They lived, the Jews at the time were being severely persecuted. They could still well be, who knows, but they weren't allowed to, uh, if they had applied to leave, they weren't allowed to work. They weren't allowed to receive any income. And they, uh, getting a passport, which they couldn't afford, cost 60 pounds, would take at least two years if you had the money. And so we were able to get these, uh, um, these Jews out of um, Israel. And we did that out of response to God. And I believe that is a direct response. Of what, when that happened, the money that then flowed was a miracle money. So you've got to understand, if you live by faith and you respond out of heart toward God, you open up springs and wells in your life. And so this is about this message. Is I need you to understand, if you want to understand the prosperity flow of God working in your life, understand this. Streams flow at different rates. And those rates of flow, each person has a different size stream. If you, we all have different salaries. 
It's the same type of stream, it's just bigger or smaller depending on the job you have. But there is a stream which flows from God. There is a well that comes from Him. We have to understand that when a stream begins to dry, there is another stream that comes from God. Sometimes the stream of work money, labor money, starts to dry up, but there is miracle money and there is faith money if you will respond in the call of God and the obedience of God to walk in it. There are, but you see, a farmer sows seed to plant a harvest. The harvest could grow, but if he doesn't put the work in to collect it and put it in the barn and then process it and turn it into, he has no harvest. Saying I've got a harvest in a field is not a harvest. That harvest is not a harvest until it's in the barn, until it's feeding his children, until it's reaping him a reward. And so God needs you to understand a sowing seed is not sufficient. Faith money has to be worked right through to the very end. You have to understand that when you have sown a seed, you've got to step out in faith. Maybe you've believed God for, for, um, for finances for something, you're needing something you can't afford. Will you step out and get that thing, believing God? What are you doing? You're getting into the place where the harvest can come home. You have to understand that it's your journey in God. It's your, it's your faith story. Cheryl and I have purchased many things, bought things. We were able to buy our own home. Well, the church was able to buy the home we were renting for cash after four years of living here. God has done extraordinary things. And it's only been by faith. It's been putting ourselves on the line where we could fail, understanding that God needs that financial flow. Now, here's the thing. I'm no richer now than I was when we moved up here. Could be poorer, in fact. In fact, technically I am. Technically I'm poorer than I am in what I was in 1995. But there is a flow. There's a flow that runs through our life. Do you want to say, God hasn't ordained me to be the rich man, but he has ordained me to understand where the wells are, understand where the streams are, and say to people, come over here. You get people who are water diviners. <laughs> it's a terrible name, isn't it? But they know where the water is. And the water diviner is someone who just comes and says, dig a well here. There's a stream that flows through there under the ground. This is where the God has ordained the church to start telling, coming to the say, come on, there is a flow of blessing over your life. It's time to stop seeing your finances as something which is separate from the purposes of the kingdom of God. Your finances are a definition of who you are. If you spent 40 hours a week working, the financial reward you get for that 40 hours is for the work you did. That is a, it's a mirror image of the work effort you put in. So it is a definition of you. It's, it's your life. So you've got to make sure that your life reflects the glory of God. That's why your finances have to reflect the glory of God. To sow seed, to give and to give again. To bless those who do not have to, to, to love people. The church has often spoken. I'm sorry, I'm going to finish in, in one minute. I apologize for going over time. I know you're thinking about your dinner. And, uh, but um, the church so often has, we've spoken about giving so that we might get. You know what? I love receiving, but I love to be able to give that other might simply be blessed. To just give. To just give. Forget about the getting. Just give. 
Forget about what may make you rich. Just give understanding you're stepping into a, a, a land that is flowing with the, uh, with the water flow. We live in a very wet country. We have a lot of water. We have a lot of excess water that's flowing. That's overflow. Well, I need you to understand, God has ordained us to be a wealthy, prosperous He's ordained us to flow with the finances that it might reach every area that is ordained to reach. If finances stop at us, if there isn't a flow through us, then the land that is beyond us will never be watered. In other words, we can't bless anyone. We can't reach out to anyone. They'll say, can you give to this? I'm sorry, I don't have any more money. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't afford. I've done all that I can. Well, you know what? I don't like ever saying I can't afford it anymore. Something rises up on the inside of me and going, if I can just, I make myself absolutely poor if I can just give again. If I can make something happen. You understand here that there is a miracle flow of finances that flows through our lives and God wants you to understand His blessing for your life. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com God bless.